Welcome to the Driven Woman Podcast, where we're on a mission to empower women with the mindset, tools, and strategies so that they can lead powerfully and authentically in order to make a massive impact on this world. I'm your host, Sophia Bryan. Where did I put your bio? All right. Hi there, Driven Woman. I have another amazing guest for you today. She is someone I admire so much, uh, full of style, full of flair, and full of a lot of substance. So let me get into her bio for you. So she's an entrepreneur, Governor General Achievement Award recipient. She's an author and she's a speaker. She's currently the events coordinator at the Pierce Institute for Study of Anti-Semitism. Very interesting. She's a UK brand ambassador for a a major financial institution. And she was born in Jamaica. (laughs) Her formative studies... uh, involved being at Vast Prep and then going on to Wilmers High School for Girls. Uh, She thereafter migrated to the UK. She read a Bachelor of Arts in Global Politics and International Relations while being a student ambassador and is now undertaking an international development MSc at Burbeck University of London. Wow. Her previous experience within the private sector includes roles such as marketing consultant, online brand ambassador, and business developer. Uh, She's galvanized and coordinated a transnational group of youth advocates to form the Global Youth Forum and the Global Diaspora Youth Council. And for those of you who are in the international relations space, governance space, you know that that's no easy feat to coordinate people from all (laughs) over the world. Her contributions also extend to recommendations within the draft national diaspora policy. Since 2016, she served as the UK Youth Leader Diaspora uh, Advisory Board Representative, and she was also the court co-chair of the Jamaica 55 UK Youth Committee. That must have been exciting. Uh, she's managed numerous projects and programs in Jamaica. As a youth advocate, she's launched the Jamaica Youth Forum UK at the Houses of Parliament in London. My amazing guest today um, is Miss Tanisha Westcar. Hey! Hey, how are (laughs) you? Thank you. you. I'm so well. Thank you so much, Sophia. Really, really appreciate you having me Mm -hmm. on the call today. And I mean, was that bio even my story? (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I need to pay you. That sounded so well. (laughs) You're welcome. Uh, One of the things I I love about you, Tanisha, and we'll get into it, is the fact that you've you've undergone some amount of transformation yourself and you mm. had to figure out how to kind of reestablish yourself in a, in a new environment and to actually thrive. Right. Yeah. Um, mm. And I know a lot of us are, a lot of us want to get outside of the environment that we've been born in, but we're scared mm. and you're the perfect example that it can be done. You know, you can leave wherever you're from and go to uncharted territory and make it happen. 
Absolutely. before we get into the juicy bit, I want you to talk to us about what life was like for you growing up in Jamaica. Right. So I have the fondest memories um, of childhood. Um, my childhood was actually mixed. So def- uh, born in Jamaica, um, and then I traveled to the United States when I was okay. five years old. I actually migrated from five. And then I moved from the States to the U.S., sorry, to the U.K. Um, and then I returned to Jamaica when I was just past eight, <laughs> believe wow. it or not. So I've had quite a full life. When I went back to Jamaica, I went to Vaz Prep. And then I stayed until um, I went to Woolmers. And as soon as I finished fifth form, my mom was like, back to the UK you go. Mm-hmm. So I had um, about seven, um, seven years in Jamaica, my formative years. And um, those were... I mean, I absolutely loved it. It formed who I was, you know, it absolutely um, gave me my drive. Uh, Unfortunately, soon after returning to Jamaica, my dad passed away Mm. and um, it was his dream for me to go to Woolmers. So Mm. um, I was very fortunate to, um, you know, feel like I had honoured him Mm -hmm. um, and his memory uh, by going to Woolmers, excelling there. Um, and, but my mum was like, okay, you've done it for your dad. Now you're back, you know. Mm-hmm, back, yeah. back, 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 you go to England. So, uh, you know, Jamaica means so much to me, not just being the, the land of my birth, but also having that huge setback of losing my dad, feeling like I'd accomplished something, even at a tender age of, you know, like 10, you know, graduating and going to somewhere that meant so much to him um, and eventually meant so much to me, you know, Um, and then coming to the UK, uh, it really helped to set me up for all the things that I would do and all the things that I would become over here. But Mm -hmm. now I'm anchored in Jamaica, you know, like never before. So Mm -hmm. yeah, Jamaica is so special to me. And I feel like anyone who has that heritage needs to connect, which, you know, it forms the reasoning behind why I do all the work that I do in the Mm -hmm. diaspora. Nice, nice. All right. So having made that transition from the US to Jamaica, to the UK, then to Jamaica, then back to the UK, you are still in a very, you're still very young. Um, I mean, just leaving high school and your sense of identity must have been challenged at some point along the way. So how did you overcome that? Uh, It was actually really difficult, you know, um, I, I really wanted to stay in Jamaica. I left at 15 years old. Uh, that was when I graduated from Woolmers, and I wasn't ready. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I wasn't ready to go back to the um, come back to the UK. Uh, but following mummy orders, you know, you can't go back yeah. on mummy. I packed up my bags, and here I came. Um, it was difficult. It was difficult difficult because as a young person where you're still trying to figure out who you are, where you fit in, um, 
that was uh, that was made that much harder when you're now in a space with people who don't predominantly look like you. Um, mm-hmm. They have a different accent, you know, uh, they've got a different background. And I remember thinking, goodness, I've got to tone down my Jamaican accent. You know, I really want to sound like, you know, the, my peers and so forth and just trying to really figure it out. And I remember being so... Um, challenged in that area in particular and trying to almost dilute my culture because at the time I just didn't know who I was or Mm -hmm. where I fit in and it took me uh, a good few years to realize that the thing that I was trying to shut down would actually become my uniqueness it would Mm -hmm. it would be the thing that set me apart and once I began to find out who I was and discover my own voice I realized that actually speaking with that accent you know gives you a plus not a minus and I started to embrace that and realize that that is part of my unique selling point how can I package this how can I step into a room and have other people gravitate towards me and a huge part of that was really knowing who I was as a person and being strong in my identity and that couldn't be done without reconnecting or embracing my cultural um you know uniqueness of being Jamaican and being proud of it and it's opened so many doors for me because Mm -hmm. many times people don't expect a young you know, black Jamaican girl to be in the space that I've been very fortunate um, to occupy. So I, I'm so happy and so proud now to be of Jamaican heritage um, and to be doing the different things that I do, whether in business, for the diaspora, mm-hmm. um, you know, here in the UK and around the world. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. You see, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, and I can tell, you know, based on our interactions that you've actually done the inner work because, mm. you know, there are some people who just have that magnetic thing about them where you can tell that they're just so unapologetic about who they are. And I definitely get that from you. Um, Thank you. Tanisha, Thank yeah, you. Definitely. Kindred spirits. <laughs> Right. So having to balance so many things, personal life, um, you know, trying to plant your feet in the international relations space even further, plus academics. How do you stay so focused um, and productive so that you can achieve all your goals? Uh, I really believe in time management and I'm very, very results um, driven. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't like people who talk a lot and don't have much to show behind it. So I try not to speak too much and have Mm -hmm. my results do the talking. I've always been that way inclined. So um, I'm one of those persons that believe in living full and dying empty. I got that Mm -hmm. from Les Brown, live full, die empty. And that's one of my favorite quotes um, that I apply to everything in my life. And I also believe in doing things with excellence. So there's nothing that I currently do in my life And this has been my story now for at least the best part of about four years. There's Mm -hmm. nothing in my life that I do that I don't enjoy. If I don't Mm. enjoy it, I don't do it, Mm. period. Non-negotiable. If I'm not enjoying it, if it doesn't serve the next thing that I feel is going to progress me internally, progress me in my career, progress me in 
you know, the various different goals that I have, I simply don't do it. Um, if it becomes difficult, I believe that it's okay to change your mind. This might yeah. have served your purpose and served your good for today, but tomorrow it may not. And it's okay if you want to change paths. You know, um, when I decided to go back to academia, it was mm -hmm. after having my first child. Mm -hmm. I went back to school with a brand, you know, with, with a baby. Um, yeah. And, it, you know, I said to myself, I've had all these years and so much amazing results, made money. I'd traveled the world with, you know, business and so much was, you know, taking off and thriving. But I decided, hey, after having, um, after becoming pregnant, what is it that really moved me? Because I can't keep doing all this flying and all mm -hmm. of these things. Um, and not feeling like I'm fulfilling who I am. Yes. And something that was core to me at that time was advocacy. I'm such mm. an advocate for people who are less fortunate, people who come from, you know, deprived backgrounds. And I felt that I wasn't doing enough to flex those muscles. Mm. Um, and I had started university doing a law degree and I didn't complete it. Interesting. So, okay. After a 12-year gap, Wow. 12 years and having a brand new baby, I decided I'm going to go back to school, mm. you know? Um, so it just, my story is one where it says, it doesn't matter how long it's taken you. Mm -hmm. There is no set script that you have to live by. At any point, you can change your direction. You can change your story, you know? Um, so it was difficult to say the least, you know, being able to, I breastfed. Mm, <laughs> you did. <laughs> while staying up in the middle of the night, studying, you know, I can, I, I now have my, um, my, my BA in global politics and international relations. I was going to different events using all the skills that I had gained through business and entrepreneurship, having, um, you know, my, my own businesses. I was literally putting all of that into one and just giving everything the adequate time. So I'm mm -hmm. now a huge, um, advocate for time management you know you, you can achieve more in less time if you make it product, productive effort not doing yeah. it lacklockly you know, mm -hmm, know mm -hmm. a lot of people don't commit you know they'll say oh yeah I've been working on one thing and so much time goes by but you can't actually see the productivity behind yes, it yes. so I have less time now but I actually do more with mm -hmm. less time because I'm doing the things that I love and the things yes. that mean something to me isn't so, that interesting uh, yeah <laughs> powerful yeah all right. So I've noticed that you're you're really good at um, building connections and uh, building relationships. Um, I want to ask you for someone who is probably new to the space where you're in, you know, you're engaging with dignitaries and big wigs, as they call them. <laughs> uh, how do you approach those settings confidently? And what do you do to recognize that, okay, I too can contribute something to this space and have a connection with these people? You know, how do you navigate those spaces? 
So the first thing I would say to anybody looking to, you know, enter that space, whether they're, you know, brand new or they've been in that space before and had some time, you know, some time had lapsed and they want to re-enter. The first thing is you have to show up. Mm. And by show up, I don't just mean turn up. I mean, you have to show up. You have to be the person who knows that they belong there. I believe in energies and like attracts like. If you put good things out there, good things are going to come back to you, right? But you have to believe within yourself. One, you belong there. Two, you have to step out your comfort zone. Mm -hmm. It's another part of showing up. The thing that you find difficult to do, you're going to sometimes have to stumble your way forward. You know, you may not have the right words. You may not have the best outfit. You show up, you comb your hair, you do your makeup, you mm -hmm. get your verbiage as right as it can be. And sometimes, as I said, it, it's not perfect, but you have to show up. You yeah. show up like you belong in that space and you go for what you want. You know, there's something I learned really early in my business life and uh, that it, it, it was very, very simple. You have to go for what you want. Nothing is promised yes. because you feel because you feel you deserve it doesn't mean someone's going to give it to you. You have mm -hmm. to go and get it. So you show up and then you go and get what you want because no one's gonna, it, it, no one cares that you deserve it or not. You know, uh, it's the people who go for it that get what they deserve. Mm -hmm. So and no one in that room's going to know you deserve it unless you open up your mouth and mm -hmm. you tell them you share who you are, you know. Um, and like I said, like attracts, like if you put good out there, I really believe in the law of attraction, good things will come. Think it, show up and then go do it. Yeah, yeah, amazing. Thanks for that um, suggestion. I, I remember uh, a few years ago, um, I I was asked to go to this event in Jamaica um, in my capacity as a youth ambassador. I had just been installed. Mm. I've I've always been around multiculturals, but it was the mm. first time that I had to go into a room where I could barely find anyone that looked like me. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I didn't appreciate how comforting it is to be in a mm. country where most of us are um, of African descent until I got yeah. into that room. And I, there, there was this um, tingling sensation, I want to call it, that, that went into my body and I was like, oh my God, <laughs> where am I? <laughs> and it was so strange. I actually felt nervous and yeah. I didn't imagine that would ever happen to me. And so yeah. I know um, that a lot of people go through that. I can't be the only one. So that was a Absolutely. really, really And that was an experience. I mean, I've had that on so many occasions as well, Sophie. So I thank you for that, even honesty, you know. And I, a tool that I use, especially when I get nervous, is to smile, you know. Mm, a yes. smile is that on spoken language that breaks barriers you know mm -hmm. yes. <laughs> just smile and um you know you'll be surprised that that can open the door you know in 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 many difficult you know um yes. encounters and like I said it's owning it knowing that you belong there you deserve to be in that space and absolutely going for what you want and that may take practice so mm -hmm. it may not happen the first time it may not happen the first 10 times you know but the more you do it I believe practice makes skillful it doesn't make perfect because we never yes. get perfect but it, it makes 
skillful. So the more you do it is the better you become, you know, um, And I know, especially when it's dignitaries and so forth, it might not be as easy or, you know, there are much more doubts and, you know, um, much more questions that may come in your mind. But that's when you just have to say, listen, I might not have it all figured out, but I'm just going to go for Mm -hmm. it, you know? Yeah, definitely. All right. So Tanisha, do you have a favorite book? And if yes, why? Wow. Gosh, there are so many. Um, the first that comes to mind is, and it, I would say, I, I have so many books, right? I love How to Win Friends and Influence People. Oh my God, I love that book so much. I literally just it finished like, it um, like three weeks ago. Yeah, it's a book that like I read years go by and then I have to go back to go it Go back again. to it, right? Then, yeah, like you can't read it one time. And I, and I promise you, just from the first couple of pages, you go and you literally start attracting people. I don't know if mm-hmm. you found that. Like mm-hmm. things I did. <laughs> you start, you know, using some of the tools almost instinctively, you know. Um, it's an excellent book. But my favorite book has to be Rich Dad, Poor Dad by okay. Robert Kiyosaki. Okay. That book was a book that literally turned around my life when I was going through one of the darkest seasons and I had given up. I gave up on me. On the outside, I looked normal. Mm-hmm. I was wearing the same clothes. My hair was always, you know, well kept. I was still turning up, but internally I had quit. I mm-hmm. quit on life. I'd quit on, you know, I'm. Um, the, the the journey that I was on because it just felt like nothing was happening. And I remember I was staying with my aunt at the time and she had a bookshelf. And on that bookshelf, this book, I, it just seemed like there was a light beaming on this mm. book alone. And I could literally only see that one book. And it almost served to me in my walk at that period as a turning point like Tanisha are you going to continue to feel sorry for yourself are you going to continue to accept that your life is over or are you going to think again are you going to try again are you going to start again are you going to believe in yourself again are you going to take that next step and thankfully I chose the latter I chose to use that book as my template, I chose to believe in the rich dad within myself, mm-hmm. you know, and almost yes. adopted the book as my mentor. And sometimes that's what you have to do. Sometimes the thing that moves you to the next stage isn't physical. It's not somebody in, yes. you know, your network. Sometimes the people around you aren't your people. So mm-hmm. you have to go find it. And sometimes you go find your people in a book. You go yeah. find your people in a podcast. You hear something different than what you're exposed to. And for me, that's what Rich Dad, Poor Dad represented for me. It was definitely the turning point. And whenever my life gets tough, I go right back to that book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Tanisha. Mm-hmm. What are you going to do? Are you going to be the victim or the victor of your life? Mm, to be the victor <laughs> you know when I ask these questions I you know I'm always blown away by the backstory um to the responses that I get um mm. yeah so thank you for and sharing it's funny that. how these things they tie you to a place mm-hmm. so hearing you know or me just saying what my favorite book is I literally have gone back 
to that place. And it's the reminder that keeps me going, mm-hmm. you know, and it's a thread almost yes. that you, you don't need that pick me up or a motivation just that time 10 years ago. But anytime the pitfalls come, you know, it's a good anchor to return back to, to say, you can still make it, you can still do it. Definitely. So what are some of the things that you're looking forward to for 2020 in your career and onwards, 2020 and beyond? Wow. (laughs) If you can see me, I've got my arms like wide open. (laughs) Wow. Um, There's so many amazing things. So at the moment I'm doing um, my international development Masters of Science, Mm -hmm. so I aim to have that completed. I'm really looking forward to that. Um, In my workplace, uh, I'm continuing to uh, do research in terms of um, discrimination, putting on different public lectures, um, Mm -hmm. doing things at the House of Commons and, you know, Parliament to have that representation. Um, In terms of my diaspora work, uh, just it, well, we're in February now, but in January, um, I was appointed to the new Global Jamaica Diaspora Council mm-hmm. and the Youth Council. So I'm really looking forward to all the amazing things that we'll do. We have so many different initiatives, projects, programs coming up that's going to make a tangible difference in the lives of young people in yes. Jamaica, but also within the main diaspora regions, the UK, USA and Canada. But then the group expands even beyond this. We have people in Trinidad, we have people nice. in um, Bahamas, we got people in Japan, we got people nice. in Uganda, you know, and it shows the power of the youth voice yes. and um, how we transcend the limitations, you know, of territorial borders. Mm-hmm. So that ties into what I study and what I do um, in terms of my everyday work for diaspora representation. I'm really excited about that as well. There's so much on the table. Yes, yes. <laughs> do you ever see yourself actually considering representational politics in the UK? Not at this particular mm-hmm. time. No, mm-hmm. it's not part of my um, aspiration. I think that um, continuing in an advisory capacity mm-hmm. um, as I have done for the last four years yeah. because I was first appointed as an advisor in 20, January 2016. So, um, yeah, I think that's where my, uh, my passion lies mm-hmm. right now. Things, mm-hmm. as I said earlier, are subject to change. <laughs> Things always change. And interestingly, I was at a meeting recently. There's this uh, organization called CWIL. So there, it's a leadership organization that's promoting women representation in politics mm. uh, in the Caribbean. So they're going to launch in Jamaica in the coming weeks. And exciting. Think, yeah, so it's very exciting because we have funding. One of the attendees said, you know, reminded us that um, the typical woman has to hear that she can run seven times before she even considers the possibility that she could be a viable candidate. So, you know, whenever a um, person see, you know, people that look like they could do it, you know, people are always going to ask. And I get asked quite often. And even in that, you know, for me, another nugget is, one, it's good that people can see that trait in you mm-hmm. and see that you have, um, you know, the passion, the skill set, um, and some initiative towards 
that effect. But I think that it's so important to not get swept up in that True. because you have to know within yourself what's right for you. Yeah. So I answer that question and say not right now, um, but subject to change because I mm-hmm. also want to give myself the opportunity to grow and to, you know, as I said, change my mind. Nothing's yeah. set in stone. We're still alive. We're still breathing, which means we still have the capacity to be and do more. So as as someone who has, has always been in leadership positions, do you have you ever felt that um, your feminine essence has been challenged? Like you've been, you're expected to perform absolutely. like a man? Absolutely. Oh my goodness, absolutely. Listen, I learned the power of being a woman, right? Mm-hmm. I learned the power, and this has been in the boardroom in my days um, in marketing, working for an international firm that were um, that that's based uh, primarily in the U.S. Um, you know, I was not only the only female um, within the leadership. Um, capacity. I was the only black person as well. Mm, so wow, I um, must double whammy, right? <laughs> double whammy, absolutely. And at the time, we were looking at expanding into you know different parts of the world. You know, looking to go to um, the the Philippines and that side. And it was extremely difficult to say the least you know um in some of those boardrooms when um though they knew that I deserved to be there because of you know my background and proven um proven track record at the same time I was still female and I was still a black Mm -hmm. female you know um and sometimes you have to not sometimes many times you have to work so much harder to be in the space to occupy that space but it's so important to know who you are and that's why I think I became so results driven because mm-hmm. it's hard to shift someone who produces and who produces yes. well mm-hmm. so beyond speaking you know you almost get empowered to speak because the results are behind you so yes. you know I held I held my head up high and there were times where it got difficult and to be honest Sometimes you have to go to the bathroom, you know, mm-hmm. and shed a little tear, you know, because you're still human. And I believe in feeling and being, you yeah. know, in touch with your the moment and, and all the highs and the lows going through it, not stopping when it gets difficult, but... Sometimes you have to go and compose yourself, you know, um, and then re-enter that space with the confidence of knowing you belong there. Um, you deserve that seat at the table and you're, you're not afraid to back down or, you know, to step up to some people who may, mm-hmm. you know, not treat yeah. you with the level of respect that you deserve. So, of course, there have been setbacks. Um, of course, there were times where, you know, uh, I felt like... Like this was just too much, um, mm-hmm. but I, I'm thankful that I was able to bounce back even in those tough moments. And you know, I say this to everybody: if you're in an environment that does not serve you, 
it is okay to leave. Mm, yes. The value is in you. So wherever you go, you bring that value. If you're unhappy, if you don't, you know, you have to love what you do. And you can't just love what you do in an environment that is suppressing all the things that, you know, you're created to be and all the people you're created to serve, you know? Um, so if your surrounding doesn't encourage you to become the better, brighter version of yourself, change it. Mm -hmm. Yes. And, you know, what I find interesting sometimes is if we even approach a situation confidently, sometimes that's even a problem, right? Oh, yeah. oh, <laughs> like, how dare you be confident? Can be used against you. But you know what? I, le- I said it earlier. I learned the power of being woman. Like mm-hmm. sometimes I would feel like, you know, I started dressing different and whatever. Listen, I am a proud black woman with curves, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> with my neck a certain length, my shoulders a certain width, my waist a certain width, my hips. And I learned to embrace yes. being completely woman, but also being completely professional, coming to the table mm-hmm. with the results behind me and owning the space. Not trying to dumb that down, you yes. know, um, because you're female, you know, um, or dumb it down because, uh, you're the minority in the room. You know, sometimes you just have to stand up and just be who you are regardless of, you know, what you're against. So I believe in the power of women. Mm-hmm. Yes, <laughs> and and there's this 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 is the work that we have to do ourselves because, uh, for me, what I had to I started working very young, and mm. there was a I, I call it youthful naivety. You yeah. think that <laughs> everyone is a nice person and that the world is completely level and completely fair, and you mm. think that you will just get your due until you realize that, okay, there's a lot of gray areas here and Mm. you really have to know who you are, uh, know what you bring to the table and ask for it and demand it um, Mm. in a non-confrontational way where possible. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Yeah, but sometimes you have to just be assertive, you know, and I'm... You know, sometimes the ask is a demand Mm -hmm, because the asking will not give it to you, you know. Um, So it's knowing how to maneuver the space, knowing when to raise your voice because sometimes you can be strong without being loud, you Mm -hmm. know. So it's knowing how to exercise your strength. Um, And I, I mentioned it earlier as well, your unique selling point. We use that, you know, to talk about products you know um business and so forth but each person is a walking brand of themselves so each person has a unique selling point there's something that is absolutely special and dynamic about Sophia that Tanisha doesn't have Mm -hmm. and once you own that once you learn that once you start to groom it and blossom into it then you can captivate any space because mm-hmm. the thing that people are gravitating to isn't just, you know, um, your networking, how, what you've achieved and whatever, but it's the essence of who you are. So I really believe strongly in, you know, getting in touch with you as early yes. as possible, studying your space, applying excellence, not just 
meandering around, but being mm-hmm. very intentional about what you want to achieve and going for it. Nice. Beyond the setbacks, going for it. Beyond mm-hmm. the highs and the lows, staying focused, staying humble and going for it. I really believe in it. Absolutely, 100%. Once I discovered that within myself, I realized how people responded to me differently. It's yeah. almost something I can turn on and off. Yeah, yeah. I can mm-hmm. determine whether today I just want lay low. <laughs> have everybody notice me. And as I said, it doesn't have to be loud. It could be the way you elongate your legs as you walk across the room. Yeah. It could be your, your level of eye contact, how much or how little. All these different things are corresponding so much in terms of our body language, our tone of voice. You know, these things say so much more about us before we actually, you know, um, start having full-blown discussions. Mm, Yes, yes, yes. Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, All right. This has been such a rich conversation so far. Uh, So... I feel so awkward asking you this question. Oh, um, <laughs> no, it's because um, it's basically, I'm going to basically be asking you to kind of reiterate some of what you shared. But mm-hmm. what's that number one tip that you'd give uh, to women who are in a process of personal transformation? They're at point A and they want to get to point B and they recognize that there's a bit of work that needs to be done. What would you say to them? I'm going to say the first thing that really came to me as you asked the question. And my advice to any person, whether young or older, is fight for yourself. Mm, Fight for you. Fight for you and because you've got to level up. If the level up is, you know, you having to read a book, you've got to go educate yourself, you've got to go back to school, you've got to take a course, fight for you. If you have to, you know, speak and speaking is difficult for you, you know, being in the front of the room is hard, then you're going to have to go to maybe a Toastmasters class or something, mm-hmm. go, go learn a new skill. If money's an issue, you're going to, you might, you might have to, you know, start working at the supermarket first, you know, um, then taking it a step at a time, or you might have to go to that law firm and start another clerk and then working your way up. You have mm-hmm. to fight for you, right? And whatever that translates to for that woman, wherever she is, you have to say enough is enough. Right here is no longer serving my purpose. I'm called f- to a higher place for a higher purpose. I can be more. I can do more so that I can have more. You have to fight for you. And I say that because I've been in a situation where whether it's depression or just feeling like you're stuck in a rut, you feel like you can't take that next step because it looks so big, it looks mm-hmm. so far, it seems so distant from, you know, where you actually want to be. And in those moments, it's not even all the voices around you, it's the internal voice. It's what the dialogue you're having with yourself. And if you remember to fight for yourself, you can take the next step. Don't worry about the one mile, mm-hmm. just the next step. So fight for yourself. Read a book, watch a program, you know, educate yourself, go to a place you've never been to before, have some new experiences, have some fun. 
You know, mm-hmm. sometimes it's changing up the mode. Yeah. You know, it changes your whole life. You know, have some fun. I remember one time I was working so hard and everything around me was just work-oriented. And someone said to me, Tanisha, what do you do for fun? And it arrested me. <laughs> I realized, oh yeah. my gosh, I don't do nothing for fun. <laughs> like, I love what I do in terms of work, but I don't, I don't have any activities. All I do yeah. is work. And I realized that, that there was a need for balance. But when you're stuck in a row, or when, when you feel like you've even achieved something high and you can't go any further, or what do I do next? Then you fight for yourself. Yes. Amazing. Wow, that resonated with me so much. Thank you so much for sharing that. And my final question to you, Tanisha, is what keeps you driven? Mm. <laughs> well, I have a five-year-old name. Yes. <laughs> to this day, I am still amazed that you're actually a mother. People, you will see the, the cover art. And <laughs> I have a five-year-old and, um, you know, I believe that he needs to get the best version of mommy mm-hmm. and he needs to get the best version of life that I can um, afford him to have. So even him seeing mommy go back to school now, you know, I, it, it, it motivates him. He's like, well, I want to graduate like mommy, <laughs> you know? Yes. Um, so I'm not, putting on him something that I'm not willing to be first. So it pushes me to get up and to show up. (laughs) What I mentioned, show up, Mm -hmm. present in the moment, go for what I want. And beyond Alexander, you know, I don't believe that my work here on earth is done yet. So I wake Mm, up every day thinking I'm one step closer to whatever I was made to fulfill on this earth. And I'm going to get there. Like my number ain't called yet. So I still got 24 hours to make some things happen. So I'm really, really one of those people who just grateful for life. I wake up Mm -hmm. and I'm like, thank you, Jesus. (laughs) I'm really excited just to have another opportunity to challenge myself um, more. And I keep a very, very close network. There's no person in my network who I don't want in my network right Mm -hmm. now. Yes. And I keep people around me who are doing better than me in some areas. If, you know, again, Liz Brown, he is my unofficial life coach. (laughs) (laughs) He said, if you're the best person in your network, you're in the wrong network. Yes. Wow. So Mm -hmm. I always try to have people who are doing better than me. Not overall, you know, somebody yeah, might maybe be a, a particular speaker, area. Somebody mm-hmm. might be better in that area. Somebody might be, and then I'm good in my area. And when we come together, we can collaborate, we can brainstorm, yes. we can challenge each other, you know? So every single person I'm connected, I have no negativity. None, 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 none. Mm-hmm. There is a, we have a zero tolerance, no negativity. Yeah. So it's important that your network, you cocoon yourself with people who will challenge you to be better. Not yes people, you know, 
Mm-hmm. You need the There's people who go encourage you, but you need uh, you also need them same people there for the boy Tanisha. That no sound too right, you know. Or have you considered X Y <laughs> the proper ones among us? <laughs> you know, <laughs> how about you know this way? Have you thought of that? You know, and it helps to keep your balance, but it also expands your own horizon. You know, um, having people who see different things who can add value, not just criticizing, you know, but people who can add value. They're not going to critique without having an alternative. And that's what I have in my network. And I'm awfully grateful for them. So anybody out there, that's why I say, if you're the best person in your network, then you need to Mm. maybe expand your network. And if you're having a lot of negativity, have a zero tolerance, no negativity, only positive people who are going to push you to do better. So yeah, those are some of the things that motivate me. Thank you so much, Tanisha. I'm sending you a virtual hug right now for all the amazing. (laughs) So a lot of persons have been asking for longer conversations. And so it's challenged me to to do better at interviewing it folks. can't be one hour already impossible <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> you're actually very good you know because it feels like we've been talking for five minutes mm-hmm, thank mm-hmm, you so much mm-hmm. for having me I all right and it. looking forward to all the great things that you'll be up to for the rest of the year and beyond Thank you. Thank you. Have a great day. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, and to stay in touch with me, I'm on social media. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I need to look for you. Like, I need to stalk you too. (laughs) That's my name on all platforms. Oh, awesome. Awesome. Thank you. Bye. All right. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Driven Woman podcast. Be sure to head over to sophiabryan.com and check out my free resources tab. I love hearing from you. So my DMs are open and you can follow me at underscore Sophia Bryan and Sophia Bryan JA on Instagram and Twitter respectively. Follow the show at Driven Woman Podcast on Twitter and on Instagram. Looking forward to hearing from you and looking forward to receiving your feedback. Until next time, stay driven.